Hey, I'm Amanda Vernon. And I'm Father Matt Face, and this is We Should Pray. The podcast where we discuss how prayer transforms tragedy into comedy. In this episode, one of us gets really nerdy. Yeah, it's like a thing that only happens in this episode and has never happened before <laughs> nor ever shall again. So it's a good thing. Stay tuned. Vanity, vanities. We should pray. We should pray. How humans make God visible. How indeed. So many ways. List the ways. Beautiful ways. Yeah. Silly ways. Definitely. Impressive ways. Sometimes. Frustrating ways. Often. We got a new crucifix. Oh, yeah? Did you notice? Um, I didn't, but I... Let me rephrase that. Let me draw your attention to the new crucifix that is in our house since the last time you visited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David's showing. That looks really nice. His shoulder. It's not... I mean, it's not new, but it's new to this room since we moved in. I just put it up the other week. It I had the nice. Eiffel Tower up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I thought like the crucifix would be a little more... There's, there's something delightful about replacing the Eiffel Tower with a crucifix. <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good. I'm going to put the Eiffel Tower back up like over there. See, there's like a blank spot. Anyway, we got that crucifix from Father Ignatius. Mm. Yeah. Um, who is a Franciscan priest. And he came to bl- give us a house blessing at our previous house and he brought mm-hmm. that crucifix. It's a, that's an impressive house blessing gift. Yeah. He's like, we have a lot of these. <laughs> I get that. He's like, when you're a priest, people give you a lot of. You accumulate a lot of that stuff. (laughs) I have a a lot of rosaries. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he re gifted that to us and we're really grateful. And I feel like it matches, like the wood matches with kind of a table. And yeah. So, Father Ignatius, at the same time when he came to give us a house blessing a few years ago, he he told me ahead of time that he has this gift of healing, mm-hmm. and um, I was kind of grouchy about it. And I was like, "Great, congratulations!" Um, and then I knew that he was trying to ask me if I needed some healing. Um, and so instead, I was Hence like, "You could come over and bless our house." And so <laughs> heal the house. Yeah, I'm like, I will be fine. But our house gave some prayers. So he came over. And by that time, I had softened because I didn't. I followed up about the house blessing when I kind of felt a little better, actually. Mm-hmm. So this was after Sarah was born, and I still had postpartum depression pretty right. hardcore. So, And then, um, but as I started to feel better, I'm like, I guess I can call Father Ignatius. He, can, he wants to pray for us or something. So he came over, and then. I guess we'll let him. I know, yeah. And so then we were, after the kids went to bed after the house blessing, David. And Father Ignatius and I were sitting around our table just talking and he we were in the process of writing our book. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling Father Ignatius about that. And he and I and and I mentioned to him that like I felt I needed some healing in a relation to writing the book mm-hmm. and that I was there was like some resentment in my heart and I was trying to kind of get to the bottom of that. Yeah. And so he thought maybe there was something in our relationship with each other that was like unresolved angst or anger like unforgiveness sort of thing Mm -hmm. and so he started asking me questions about you and he's like so tell me about matt and how did how did your story go i just kind of told him the story in a nutshell and he's like it doesn't really seem like there's a problem there and i'm like oh good and david's like watching dishes listening and and father ignatius is like so okay so you found out about matt's feelings for you like late like way later like basically inconvenient timing and i'm like yeah and he's like so how did you forgive him so quickly yeah and i was like have you seen david (laughs) what an amazing consolation prize hey do you have the picture from our engagement i just want to recall oh man look at little little cute little ah looks good (laughs) looks good why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still does, sitting here across. Still looks also, that good. Also, yeah. I mean, I Thanks like the beard again. a little bit. 
better even than the, in the picture. So that's yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I like, think so. I, I flipped to like a. Uh, there, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good look too. Wait, what did you show? Uh, it's just like a. Oops, hold on. I got a malfunction. Okay, we're back. All right. Back to your face. Back to you. Back guys. to Matt's face. Father specifically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so I no, I did tell Father Ignatius that like. Well, because David, and he just kind of looked at me like, okay. Because <laughs> David, I was able to forgive Matt. It's fine. <laughs> but then as I, I realized that um, what I meant by that, not just that like David is amazing, which I do mean, um, but specifically like how God worked in my heart like so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I realized is that... Um, it was just, it was hard for me to believe like the, the goodness that I experienced in our friendship mm-hmm. um, in that moment that like Father Ignatius was referencing, the moment that like all of our feelings for each other for all those years like came to light. Yeah. And it was really confusing because we didn't like have a lot of time to talk about it. We had like one conversation to talk about seven very, years worth of very little time history to process that. Yeah. Yes. And so, as I tried to understand what that meant, I got really scared that like maybe none of it was good from the beginning. Maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. really about God's love. Maybe it was. Maybe it was science. Science, just <laughs> as as a statement. <laughs> Science, like, no, like maybe it was like Freud, you know. Well, that's getting more dangerous. Maybe it was like Freud. <sighs> okay, so all right, I should probably maybe we'll say this in the introduction, and this will be like going back to the future when people hear it. Perfect. But um, I tried to really, to really reference John Paul II and his philosophy to kind of un uncover what I was going through when I was like 21 mm-hmm. in our friendship, my engagement with David and try to like explain it in a way that's enlightening. Um, but I just got kind of lost in love and responsibility, <laughs> like the book that yeah. is. And now I just have so many quotes to share from John Paul II and then Pope Benedict the 16th. And it's, I feel kind of really nerdy. Yeah. Well, that's, um, first of all, nerd alert. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because John Paul II um, would have been really bad at Twitter, right? <laughs> That's the thing. I was trying to look for some, because, okay, uh, John Paul II, when, back when he was Karawatiwa, uh, the cardinal, he, before he became the Pope, right. he, he wrote all this philosophy and he, he talked a lot about Freud and Freudian philosophy and then, and then he used like phenomenology. I'm geeking. I'm geeking. It's good. Keep, keep he used, being like, a geek. Phenomenology to teach about human love in light of God's command to love. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like, since that was my fear, okay, that was like the tragedy that I was working through with you. Um, I I thought like maybe JP two could just summarize it for me, and so I like yeah. was like going through it. And well, I was watching the kids at the same time. The so same time is, as you were going, as through, I was going through yeah. this philosophy, I was just like trying to like, I don't know if you can if you see this, but like this book is like. It's very, <laughs> it's very, what would you call this? Well, it's, it's, it's highlighted a lot, which, which every time I, I see this, I think yeah. when everything's highlighted, <laughs> nothing Look at this is. page. Like almost every <laughs> sentence is underlined and it's circled and yeah. then, and then there's stars, stars on the side. because you can't differentiate between the underlines and the circle. And then there's like, here's like one that has not only is it, there's a, Dog ear. <laughs> there's a dog ear. And notes written notes. on top. And it, there's a color now, too. And a highlight. And then it's just, yeah. So we've, we love this book, uh, David and I. And, and even the highlighter has started to fade. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have, so David read this first, and he, you have all his notes and then mine on top of that. So we've referenced this book a lot. And I thought I could just go through and find like a statement 
to explain what I'm trying to talk about in light of John Paul II, but it didn't work. And so now I just have a bunch of notes and I don't know. And I want to say them. Yeah. <sighs> well, do it, do it. Uh-huh. I agree with David. Just, just say them. Okay. I mean, because to dive in to JP2, you, you have to just dive in. Okay. Let's go. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's be nerds. So, okay. Um, and then if I don't make sense, if I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like, this is what I found, ha ha, ta da. And then you're like, what? We just ask me just to clarify. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. When I was afraid that it was just science, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking not directly. I think this was subconscious, but, um, really of like a Freudian, uh, interpretation of, relationship and that that, that was when our, you that, said science do you mean bi- biology particularly no yes okay yeah like the, like a view of the human person mm-hmm. um that's totally dominated by our biology by our instincts and um physical processes and not by like an inner life or spirituality or like higher mm-hmm. calling um and so okay so this is right <laughs> i usually try to like not be nerdy um directly yeah um but i just failing yeah, yeah okay so here, okay. here's what i found so the libidinistic interpretation google doesn't know what that means either because just stayed highlighted in my google docs for like <laughs> spell check and they didn't have any ideas for me basically like looking at everything of like human interactions through this framework of libido which in the like taking the latin meaning which comes from the words enjoyment from use so what he says without getting into freud's theory of subconscious freud speaks above all of the pleasure principle and not of the sexual urge. So when I think about Freud, I think about like, oh yeah, well basically everything is about sex, like in mm-hmm. Freud's philosophy. But what is saying, like if you, if you really look deeply into that philosophy of Freud, what he's saying is that it's the pleasure of sex that people are longing for. And so it's not, it's if you, if you um, just go to like the, heart of what Freud is saying, John Paul II describes it this way. Man immerses himself in libido when it comes his way and longs for it when he's not actually experiencing it. He is then intern- internally conditioned to seek it. He seeks it continually and in practically everything he does. Um, so in other words, the way that JP2 describes Freud's philosophy is that everything that a human does is about getting to this point of experiencing pleasure and so if something is not pleasurable we want that to end and move on to something that is pleasurable quickly um and that is even though nobody really sat me down and explained that um point blank when i was younger my dad's a psychologist he talked about freud pretty often and i feel like in our society like that view of the human person is pretty dominant Mm -hmm. like that what we really want is to feel good yeah and and that makes me so scared. It, it did when I was younger. And like whenever I think that that's true, I get really, um, I don't know, like disappointed. And not only disappointed, but like resentful as well. So I think that's what I was wrestling with <laughs> after that conversation that we had. Yeah. So so with with that, and again, this is JP two summer. This is you summarizing JP two summarizing Freud, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that sense of like, there's that, that overall drive desire to experience the pleasurable. Yes. So in that, is he saying that, that we, that is how we operate or that's like the dominating like force behind our decisions? Is JP2 saying that or is Freud saying that? Good question. (laughs) Freud, according to JP2, Freud is saying that our our desire for that which is pleasurable is the dominating drive okay, yeah. of humans. So like we can go against that drive. Yeah. But that is but by far the dominating drive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Or like even if we're trying to go against it, that it's, it's still there influencing all of our choices and decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That is, 
overwhelming and sad. Yeah. And so JB2 was saying like that that's not the case. There's so much more. And so I was trying to find like a quote of him saying that. But the best one I could find was, uh, I'll just read it from the book. He said, (laughs) and I quote, discussions and conclusions in the field of sexual ethics must go deep, especially when they take as their fixed point of reference the commandment to love. Okay, he did it on purpose. He didn't he didn't give us any Twitter worthy quotes. Cuz they purpose. can't fit in Twitter because he wanted us to talk about it at length. That is brilliant. Yeah. Frustrating as well. Just give us <laughs> give us the answer, JP, too. Come on. Um, give me the give me the quote yeah, from the Yeah, so wall. I realized like maybe I just need to talk about my own experience. Instead, yeah, go deep. But in now that. I'm just sad. <laughs> well, well, has your experience of that been sad? I guess. No, no, I'm not really sad. I'm just sad that I, I wasn't able to to boil it down to like a simple answer. But maybe that's good. Maybe I need to stay in the ache. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, with that last quote from the Deuce, if uh, if you had boiled it down, you maybe would have missed his point. Ooh, that's true. I think I really need to talk about David. Yeah. Um, so let's just leave it there, though, since we're talking about how prayer transforms tragedy into comedy. Let's just leave it at tragedy and say that I was really scared that like Freud was right, essentially, mm-hmm. or that his philosophy was right, and that maybe this beautiful friendship that I thought we had the whole time was just about like instinct and um, desire for the pleasurable, which is... Mm-hmm. What else should we talk about? What other tragedies can we talk about? Not that you're saying the pleasurable is bad, but you don't want it to only be about that? Is yes. That yeah, okay, because... All right, I think I can do this. Because every time you've said pleasurable, you've had a disgusted face. Yes. <laughs> I just want to clarify here. The right Okay, 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 okay. This is what I'm trying to say. And, like, I highly recommend this book love and responsibility even though it's very dense um i tried to find like a summary even and the summary that i found online was pretty good but it it started out with the with this um professor saying that this book is such a magnificent work of art and that the this professor has read it 30 times and still finds new things to learn in it so it makes sense yeah okay okay so so david you were asking like why i'm snarling my nose every time i say pleasure and it's because in this context it's saying that like the reason to be close to somebody is to experience pleasure versus to use them for pleasure yeah then then the person becomes an object instead of the subject instead of being the subject of your love um they are a means to an end of experiencing pleasure. And that doesn't have to be just sexual pleasure. It could be emotional. It could be other forms of experiencing pleasure. But it turns the person into somebody, something instead of somebody. Yeah, and that's like one of the main themes of that book, right? Exactly. Is that the person because, is never to be yeah. a means to an end. Right. And so like, I think the title, like Which Love and Responsibility. Kantian, right? Yeah, See, I've got the. I've got the <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got we got nerds yeah, all you, around. Yeah, you today. made some this of these good. underlines the too. Theologian, yes. <laughs> um, and so the the point that I believe that John Paul II is making is that pleasure is in in relationship when we experience pleasure that is a part of our relationship with others, and the relationship with others is meant to express God's love. So we're we're meant to love one another, to follow God's command to love. And whenever we take the pleasurable aspects of that command to love, and we say that those are the reason that is the purpose, then excuse our entire call. And really what it, it changes our idea and understanding of what it means to be human mm-hmm. as well. So it's kind of an important question. And, so I, I when I said that you know, well, cause David, <laughs> what I what I really meant is 
that I was able to recognize that the love that I experienced with David was mm-hmm. God's love. Mm-hmm. And that's and God's love is also what you and I had in our relationship. Yeah. Have had, right? Mm-hmm. And um and so at that point was able to recognize no, like these lies that are like really scary to me right now, that is not the full truth. And when I thought about David, he helped that th- that thought of him helps put our friendship back into perspective of God's love. <gasps> well done. Okay. Yeah. What else are we talking about? Well, I mean it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting like right like um for you to work through all of that after the fact. Yeah. Right? Um <laughs> like like in retrospect looking back at this and like being um like questioning that again. That's really interesting. You mean okay. Yeah. In retrospect, like versus how you like to analyze things before they happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was thinking of when I was trying not to make it about me, but I did it again. <laughs> well, I always turn. make everything about it's me. It's your turn. Okay. Okay, come on. Yeah. I reject yeah. that statement. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you. It's like about you and Jesus. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully. Am I best? That Jesus is best. Um. Anyway, yes. Um. Yeah, so like those fears... Like that, I, those are things that I I always go through before a thing happens. Yeah. So like I have to I have to work through all of that stuff first, and then I can I can get through it and experience it as beautiful. Right. Right. Does that make Whereas sense? Whereas for me, like those fears didn't even cross my mind, like not at all with with you uh, ahead of time. Yeah. Until we had that conversation. And then I was like, maybe it was all a lie. You know, um, even even when there were a lot of miscommun- a lot of miscommunications between us, I never like mm-hmm. I, I just yeah, I just didn't like question and doubt until like after the fact, till it was all resolved. Um and I think that is definitely uh typical for me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like for you, maybe Another reason why I kind of make decisions quickly is because I assess them <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah, which for me, assessing the, the wiseness of a decision before it's made like, can I just sometimes be frustrating. How I feel about it, and then yeah. <sighs> okay, that's not that's not totally true. I just don't. Always think about the implications. That's yeah. what I really mean. That's right. And you try That's to right. like think about the implications first. Yeah, I'm crippled by the implications first. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Um, and so a more recent example. Uh, when, when okay, so reframing for a moment, we're yeah, talking yeah. about how humans make God visible, right? And my experience of being in really awesome friendships uh, with both of you, obviously marriage with David. Um, but being able to see God, see God in, Mm -hmm. in our friendship, Mm -hmm. um, at the time in my engagement with David to like access God's forgiveness and to grow in his love. Um, if we fast forward to something more recent, like between the two of us, um, have there... (laughs) to give a specific instance um have there been moments where you still ask similar questions like is this good is this what is it libidinistic i don't think you've said that word i have not yeah uh, yeah i mean absolutely um and that's i mean really something that like every time before we do something for ministry together I have to I, I have to encounter that and really um, grapple with it. Now, thankfully, the Lord's been kind. It's um, less and less, right? As far as like recognizing, but I mean, it it is this th- that case of like, oh, like he, here you and I are going to do a thing together. Um, is that wise or is this foolish? Is this um, going to cause scandal? Right, like all of those things. Um, so I think one of, one of the most uh, one of the times that I had to grapple with that again, the strongest most recently was, uh, 
um, in the before times, we were giving a talk um, <laughs> when you could be in groups of people, and yeah. um, and we were driving in through Northern California, and um, to give the talk yeah. to get to, yeah to get to the next place to get to the next talk, um, and uh, and I I like to hike and you like to hike right so that's a thing that we do yeah together um like for exercise because I, I refuse to actually exercise so you m- trick me by hiking with me <laughs> I ha- that's what happens s- call it that i would say like i need to work out and if you want to spend time with me i'll be climbing this mountain yeah mm-hmm. sure um, <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was an opportunity for that right um and it was like as we were going and like if if we got to this because we were like trying to find on on google like where where's a trailhead and like how long would it take and do we have time and when's the sun going to set right so like there was there's was a lot of like factors as we were going through um we'd never been there before right we didn't have anyone to like recommend a spot mm-hmm. um so as we're doing all of this and i'm just thinking like ugh, like here we are like alone more or less like there's people and stuff right but like it's just us and like we're gonna do a th- thing that i love doing like i love hiking like being in the woods in the mountains um northern california is beautiful Mm. um this is like northern northern yeah like so many like huge forests and yeah big mountains these gorgeous vistas and stuff um so it's like all of this stuff that i really love doing and i like there's a sense there where that makes me uncomfortable that it's you and i Mm -hmm. doing that right um like guilty almost or like grappling with like how appropriate is this those kind of questions mm-hmm. um is this something i mean to this point right like is this something that i'm doing just because like i like doing this stuff and i've like maneuvered a situation where i get to do this mm-hmm. um and like really really kind of worrying about that um so we find this place and like we have to turn off the main road like up to this trailhead <laughs> yeah so like we're going up there and like I don't love doing a thing that like we don't know is going to work. So like I don't know where to park or like where the trailhead is for real. Like are we going like to get lost on the because right? it's like the roads are like icy it's by snowy this point. As we're going up the mountain. So yeah. I there's like those anxieties which are a different thing that are also playing on me, like magnifying the fear. And um we get to this spot where like it there's a little bit of a clearing up the mountain and then like it turns pretty steep and it's just all snow with no like no tracks at all and we're in this like little rented um like the car the car yeah like a little corolla or something and i'm like i am not gonna drive up there oh yeah you're like okay we'll we'll go like a little farther and then like we gotta just stop and then we get to that point you're like this like we're gonna stop here we have to stop here and there was a little clearing oh yeah and i think you said something like if we don't find a trail before too long like we gotta just turn back yeah yeah. yeah. So we like <laughs> pull there. I stop and I look, and like right outside the my window yeah. is a sign that says like trail crossing. Trail starts here. <laughs> I was like, like a trail like this. You're like, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Um, so that that was again one of one of one of the ways that like as all this is happening, um, and I'm afraid. Like, am I just coordinating this? so that I can be in this position that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with all those things and really um, ending or like culminating in that, like, well, this is where we have to stop. And like, oh, there's the trail right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for me, that that was so comforting in in just recognizing the Lord's presence. Like, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I got this, right? Because there was prayer and all the all those pieces that went into this, of course, as the foundation. Um, so, I mean, f- for me, that's just like how I um, can recognize God being visible is like in these concrete things of knowing like, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm the one maneuvering this mm-hmm. and what's happened. It is played out perfectly in a way that I certainly didn't manipulate. Right? Yeah. Like I had none of the facts to like control this situation. Um, and yet, you know, here it is um, laid out for me. Um, so that, that for me, like just so, so calming mm-hmm. because then we did get out, we were able to hike 
um, just a little bit, but it was beautiful, gorgeous sunset as well, yeah. which um, I never stop talking about it, how much I love sunsets. So that's another piece, right? Like, again, there's a beautiful sunset, not that I have any control over such things. <laughs> um, and there it is. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't know what that is, but it's pretty beautiful. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I even when you describe it, like every time you said like, maybe this is something I'm maneuvering, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, because like that would be really bad, yeah. right? Like um, if if we inverted the the call to love and it was about like what we can get from it, like that's just would be really terrible. Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe it's, that um it's that desire to see god in each other i mean obviously like this extends to all of our other relationships too but since it's our show you know um talking about how this plays out in our friendship it's that like we're so like trying to be so aware of that you know and so it makes it like nerve-wracking sometimes and which i think is a good thing um when we keep bringing that back to God and saying like, Lord, like show us yourself like in each other, mm-hmm. right? And in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I might not say Christopher West and I just start laughing. <laughs> oh man. Um, Christopher West funny, huh? says a lot of funny things actually. Some intentional. And he's, um, he, I hope he watches this. Hi, Christopher. Um, no, he talks about a particular gift of beauty. So he, the way that I understand it is that, like every person is beautiful. Some have a particular gift of beauty. Um, and would you agree? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah, the, the gift of beauty manifests differently in people. Yeah. And we some all have beauty. Particularly. Yeah, in particular so, ways. Yeah, in particular ways. Say like physical beauty mm-hmm. um and i've been thinking about face masks you know like how we wear face masks now mm-hmm. at the time of this filming and like can you tell if a person has a particular gift of beauty when they're wearing a face mask what if like i was thinking about this like it's gotta be hard if you're like trying to date somebody right now and you're like hey hey but their half of their face is covered like what are you supposed to do well i mean for some people that plays out well <laughs> You know, it's easier to get in the door that way, you know? You, you got to up your eyebrow game. But like, you know, if you got good eyes, that's good. Now, I do feel bad for the guys with like their, their good features, like their chin, like strong chin jawline. Right. Like that's, oof, not playing for you now. I, um, I was on a, an airplane during during the time that all this is happening all of this and uh, so anyway we're all wearing masks and i was talking to the guy next to me for like a long time he was like really talkative and then like eventually after like an hour he took off his mask and i was really flustered because he was like good looking and i didn't know that like he's just this like normal guy before he took his mask off and he was like a farmer i don't know <laughs> i just didn't i just didn't think of him jaw. as being like particularly i didn't think he had like a particular gift of external beauty external physical and then all of a sudden and then i just felt like so flustered whereas like i don't think normally i would be flustered if just like a good looking person sat down next to me but like because i wasn't ready surprise good looking <laughs> have you heard about pretty privilege um i i, I haven't but i could i could guess some things about it Go i just discovered it on tiktok um just as a as a topic like people have been talking about uh ways that you know like there, there'll be this video and it'll be like tell me that you have pretty girl privilege or just pretty privilege mm-hmm. without telling me you have pretty privilege yes. right and then people will like explain of, yeah. yeah and so one of the examples is like when I go into a store, like Target or something, I go into the store and I ask somebody where an item is, that person will walk me all the way down to the <laughs> aisle to find it instead of just pointing. Yeah. Right? And then other people are on this, on this same, in the same conversation going like, these things have never happened to me. Like, I got to wear more makeup. I don't know. Or whatever. But I, like that happens to David. Even when he's wearing a mask. 
You told me the other day you came home from the store because I was taking a mental note, and you're like, "Yeah, I, this I do girl." Get, I get, ta- I do get taken to places at, at Target. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking for a nice soft uh, blanket for the living room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So. Maybe. I mean, also call that customer service, <laughs> or or maybe they don't trust he can follow the directions. <laughs> But no, I think it's probably because he's got he's got high cheekbones so above <laughs> oh, the mask. Oh, you could see oh, above yeah. the mask. Oh, yeah. I have a secret way of wearing my no, mask? No, don't talk about it. People are going to get mad. Don't. We should pray. We should pray. Of we should pray. We should pray. We should pray. Let's pray. You said that it would be good to pray about the incarnation, so. Absolutely. Here like we are Christmas talking about um, <laughs> beauty, especially, right? But, um, but the body and how we've been created for it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a prayer here, and I wanted to include some scripture as well from first. Would you say first John, the first letter? The first of John, letter of John, just the first letter of John. Yeah, to just the nope, first. Letter. Nope, just the first letter of John, chapter four, verse twelve. Okay, cool. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we praise you for creating man. We still, and still more, for restoring him in Christ. Your son shared our weakness. May we share his glory. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Lord, thank you for all of your good gifts. Thank you for the gifts that you have given to us that are apparent to so many others. Thank you for the gifts that are hidden the gifts that you've placed in our hearts and our lives that are still coming to light, Lord. Lord, we know in your word and no one has ever seen you. In First John, we read, no one has ever seen God, yet if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is brought to perfection in us. So Lord, help us to see you in each other, to rejoice in your presence, especially when it might be hard to find you. Give us your vision. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fake body parts. Okay, that's a segue. I was going to ask you your thoughts on fake body parts, but I'll just start by saying I don't like fake body parts, okay? Oh, okay, like... Not like in leg if your leg was amputated. Is that, is that what you're going to ask me? Um, maybe. <laughs> All right, so it's not like you have something against amputees, just to be clear. Correct. Okay. Like, I'm talking about like false eyelashes and other... Fake body parts, fake nails that are like you're supposed to be like, I don't know. It's like augmenting your appearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't like that. And I understand that others do a lot and I'm not judging them. Mm-hmm. I just am talking about my personal preference. Also, I wear fake eyelashes once and I couldn't see like I could like it blocked my vision like I could see but like I also saw the eyelashes yeah did you put them on right yeah <laughs> my friend I feel like that's gotta be asked first maybe they were upside down <laughs> <laughs> no they were correct okay they're just so heavy yeah like have they're heavy on your eyelids I've heard other Women talking about how, like, you can't cry when you have them in or they'll, like, come off. So, they're like, I can't cry because my lashes. I'm like, okay. And, like, I just, I feel like sometimes it's a distraction. Like, don't look at my face. Look at my eyelashes. I don't, I just, mm-hmm. anyway. So, I, I feel pretty strongly about this. Fake hair, too. Like, hair extensions. But then I felt like the Lord is asking me to buy some fake hair. <laughs> Okay. Because, I don't know, I felt like, just, like, it was inspired to, so I was going to buy um, 
some like to, to do like braids, you know, like super like long braids. Yeah. And have my sister braid my hair. And so I like actually went on Amazon and like bought. Do you remember this, David? I like bought the the hair extensions. Oh, yeah. But it was like an exercise in um, compassion for me because then as I was buying it, I was like, I can't really judge. I can't judge other people by yeah. this because like now I do also and we're all in this together. Increasing your, your compassion. Yeah. And then I returned it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work, huh? No, no. It was like one of those things. You know how God it asked you to do something? <laughs> God asked you to do something and then you're like, yeah, yes, Lord. Up? And then he's like, actually... Here's the other thing instead. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to sacrifice your son. Here's a ram. You don't have to wear fake hair. Just be kind to others Yours in your grows. thoughts. Yeah. So uh, <sighs> for those in the audience who might be asking, well, what about your makeup? You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. where does that line stop yeah, between because... the fake and the <laughs> or, yeah, or like filters fake. too. Makeup and filters oh, online. Yeah. I think like makeup can can like highlight what's already there without like changing no okay that's a good question makeup could change your entire facial features Mm -hmm. for sure but it doesn't have to so it depends on how you apply it okay yeah so so Mm -hmm. yeah that makes some so like makeup could go either way Mm -hmm. but like fake body parts, implants, and things never do because they can only okay, go. Okay, yeah, way? maybe maybe they can. Like, let's say, like that's why he was talking about, like if your leg was amputated or something. Okay, or like if you have breast like, cancer. Well, what if they're the implant? Well, I don't know all the implants, but uh-huh. what if they're just accentuating your body parts that you already have? Is that similar just then the, to the makeup category? Lips just a little plumper. <laughs> No, because I think that's Hips I just think a no no okay I think that if I think that if 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 you um at like okay let's look at like lip plumper um or whatever you call it what is it what is it called anyway um there's a name for it it's like some kind of plastic silic anyway um yeah no I think that can change the whole shape of your face but like let's say you have a cut on your lip that's like deep and it makes a scar and you need plastic surgery to like repair it I think that's a different thing personally Mm-hmm. personally i'm not saying that's like the morally responsible choice or something like that i'm not making that claim yeah well that, that's that's good and important so so what i'm, I'm trying to drive it like what you don't like yeah i really it. think it's like going back to the makeup idea like there's makeup that that hides and there's makeup that reveals and so i think like you could use makeup to hide your actual facial features mm-hmm. and you're projecting a different face Mm -hmm. um or you Uh, could use makeup to like showcase what is already there and so that's my preference um and i think there's something there about like authenticity for me and just like the way that i was raised i think about my grandpa my dad's dad grandpa ken god rest his soul he was so unimpressed by superficial beauty and he raised my dad in that way like my dad said like anytime my grandpa would see somebody who is like done up, like over over the top, done up in their like makeup or mm-hmm. appearance. He would just go like, Psh. and that taught my dad to like look deeper. And I remember one of my my aunts says, um, "Beauty's only skin deep, but ugly is to the bone." <laughs> and and it was really like I was raised in that way to try to like try to recognize someone's inner beauty. Mm-hmm through their outward appearance. And this is where I go back to being geeky because I really definitely stopped um, being geeky during part of this episode, just kidding. Um, So um, going back to John Paul II and his letter to artists, he says, oh, you have this written down? Do you want to read it, David? The artist has a special relationship. The artist has a special relationship to beauty. In a very true sense, it can be said that beauty is the vocation bestowed on him by the creator in the gift of artistic talent. And certainly, this too is a talent which ought to be made to bear fruit, in keeping with the sense of the gospel parable of the talents. And he references Matthew twenty-five, fourteen through 30. 
JP2 letter to artists. Right. So I, I think that because I recognize this calling to be an artist in myself, this mm-hmm. vocation uh, to beauty, this relationship to beauty, like I, I'm really like fierce about it. Like I want, I like I'm fiercely protective over it when, whenever it's like under my jurisdiction to be so. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just I want it to be like real and authentic and not not fake. Um, so. So I think like when it comes to like a filter on Instagram, I could use one, a filter to like help the lighting in the room because maybe I'm recording a story and it's like kind of dark and people can't really see, right? Or you can like use these filters that like- it Make would, you a cat. Yeah. Well, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say like make me a white person. But because the, you can- No, seriously. There, there are those? Yeah. What? Yes. So no, what? I'm serious. They lighten your skin- they they narrow your nose. What? Yeah. They ah. yeah. And it's like and it's and it's like it makes the sort of d- definitive features um which so many are are like cultural uh, all of your definitive features are for, through your culture, right? Your yeah. family and it like changes those and that is what like I don't like and I can tell you don't like that either cuz you're no. funny. No. Yeah. And so I want to uh, turn this back to you and talk about. I'm going to geek out first a little bit more, okay, and then I want to turn it back to you and talk to how, about how like God speaks to you through beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But first, okay, for the last of the quotes of um, the intellectual popes here, we have this passage from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth that is just really breathtaking and really like says what I'm trying to say, but it's long and involved again. So David, have you looked at this? Oh, you, you mentioned. Yes. And I'm really glad I changed Pope Benedict the 15th to Pope Benedict the 16th. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a typo. You kept saying like, didn't you copy and paste this? No, I didn't. I just copied and pasted the text and then I wrote in his name. Oh, and, okay. Like Roman numerals. Who knows? Okay. All right. Yeah. I feel better about that. That Pope Benedict the 15th not, you know, going around on the internet. Okay. <laughs> It is a seductive but hypocritical beauty that rekindles desire, the will to power, to possess, and to dominate others. It is a beauty which soon turns into its opposite, taking on the guise of indecency, transgression, or gratuitous provocation. Authentic beauty, however, unlocks the yearning of the human heart, the profound desire to know, to love, to go towards the other, to reach for the beyond. If we acknowledge that beauty touches us intimately, that it wounds us, that it opens our eyes, then we rediscover the joy of seeing, of being able to grasp the profound meaning of our existence, the mystery of which we are part. From this mystery, we can draw fullness, happiness, the passion to engage with it every day. Ah, yeah! Meeting with Artists 2009. First of all, we got married in 2009, so this is great. It's a great year. Also, it's just, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, a seductive beauty, there's still beauty mm-hmm. to be to be seen and observed, but, like, what are, how are you leading people? Um, and, man, so that, just that idea of authentic beauty is so just so compelling to me. And so bringing this back to you, I think that you are so um, protective as well, like over your heart, over the different situations that you're in because you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that beauty is like your language, like the way that God gets your Mm. attention. Yeah. And that it can be distorted, used against you, used against other people. Yeah. You're like on guard against that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, because I, I certainly do know that, like, I recognize beauty um, readily, right? Um, I recognize it and delight in it as well. Um, you know, I've, I've said it a number of times already just because it's a easy one. But but it really, like, I love sunsets and sunrise. Like, the the natural beauty that, that's displayed in them, I think, is, is, is astounding. And, like... Um, so surprising and and um uncontrollable as well like i think that's that's all a part of what i like um but the depth and the complexity they're always different i mean so there's, there's just so many layers to mm. to that but like i 
I can't help but recognize that and um, and be taken up by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that happens time and again, in, in especially nature. Um, but with people as well and um, situations and um, I think authenticity is a big part of that as well. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a piece of beauty that, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like lie lies or like manipulation is not beautiful to me. <laughs> right. And I, so I think like some of that, like with the filters and things and um, fake parts, mm-hmm. um, like it's, at its courts, it is a lie, and I think that's that's a piece that um, mm-hmm. revolts me a bit. Because also, I think, and this is this is maybe the more true part, like not that it's a lie, that it's seeking to manipulate, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, I know you like this, so like we we manufactured this thing for you to like. Yeah, and there still is a beauty there. Yeah, like objective, like objectively, like that is yeah pleasing to the yeah. eye, right? Like that. There's, but like. The, the the deeper purpose of it is to manipulate. Yeah. So it's also upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when we talk about how humans make God visible, you know, we've been talking about beauty. Mm-hmm. There's also our weaknesses and our, for instance, I'm thinking about uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse two. He had no, Speaking of Christ, he had no majestic bearing to catch our eye, no beauty to draw us to him. You know, this prophecy mm-hmm. about Jesus. And then <clears throat> you think like he wasn't, he didn't come in this like array of grandeur mm-hmm. that maybe everyone was expecting. Um, and so after <clears throat> going through these like very intellectual popes of ours i decided to like find something simpler to try to to speak to this and so i found mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. and david could you read her words about seeing christ and those around us seeking the face of god in everything everyone all the time and his hand in every happening this is what it means to be contemplative in the heart of the world Seeing and adoring the presence of Jesus, especially in the lowly appearance of bread and in the distressing disguise of the poor, mm. Mother Teresa. I love that, the, the distressing disguise. Yeah. Um, maybe as we're closing up, you could talk. I didn't like, ask you about this in advance. I mean, I mentioned it, but we haven't talked about this really. Correct. But like, I've heard some priests talk about the sacrament of confession from their point of view. And how they see those who seek reconciliation through the sacrament. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a connection between this, this Jesus in distressing disguise mm-hmm. um, and the sacrament of confession. Would you be able to speak to that and like how humans make God visible in that situation? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking to what I can about those situations, but yeah, I mean... Um, I find people to be uh, the most beautiful, very beautiful, at least in um, in confession, because there, um, when when someone uses that sacrament well, engages in that sacrament well, um, and really is contrite and desires to be better in their lives, and and is seeking God's forgiveness. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's astoundingly beautiful to recognize in a person as they're talking about these sins, um, that they know that it, it, it hurt them or it hurt someone else and they don't want to do it anymore. They don't want it in their life anymore and they need help to make sure that it's not in their life anymore. Like only, only through God's grace can that happen. Um, when they can recognize that, admit that, and seek God, seek His forgiveness, and then seek the grace to do better, it's it's a, um, an amazing look into uh, into this person, right? Into the way that um, they're they're failing and struggling, but still striving so deeply uh, to to live with God, to be you know to be God's love in the world. Uh, and so that's the one piece, right? Like being able to recognize the beauty of this person who's imperfect 
as we all are and seeking to do better, like really striving, wanting, um, to be better, to be more whole, um, in that authentic sense, unlike we were talking about at the beginning, you know, not, not just because like it would have been more pleasurable for them had they not done these sins, Mm. but like recognizing, no, my life will be better, like more full, more fulfilled, more, um, beautiful. If I can get rid of these things, if I stop doing these things. Um, So that's one piece, which is amazing. And then the other side of that, um, which is uh, like mind-numbingly beautiful, is God's forgiveness that comes in, right? That that, um, this person, having done these sins and like knew that it was bad and knew it was going to be harmful, did it anyways, um, that all it takes is for them to seek that forgiveness in the sacrament and the Lord just like pours abundant mercy upon them, right? To just like be there at that wellspring of mercy is um, uh, mind-meltingly amazing to witness, to be a part of, right? To uh, minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, weddings are beautiful. Confession <laughs> is way, like a good confession. Way more beautiful. Listen, I'm going to ruin my makeup so you can have makeup because I'm like hey, tearing up. That what? was are those really your fake touching. Lashes? They're not. They're... Oh, just pop that filter right on. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it gets me too. <laughs> can we show the picture of grandpa Ken and me, David. Yep. This is the last picture I took with my grandpa. Mm. And, you know, he he taught me so much uh, uh, directly and through his legacy, you know, in my family and the way that he raised my father about the interior gaze, about being able to look at someone and see their heart, see who they are on the inside, to see, like, the deeper beauty Um, and, you know, not to stop at a person's appearance and judge them on appearance. And, and yet he became blind at the end of his life. Mm. And I feel like there's really a deep, um, grace there, uh, that, that also teaches me Mm -hmm. as well, because he, he had such a, um, just like a noble death and like a, he really, my dad at, you know, my dad preached the homily at, at my grandpa's funeral because my dad's a deacon. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he said, dad, he's speaking about his dad. He said, dad taught us how to live. And he also showed us how to die. Yeah. And I just think like the fact that my grandpa taught us so much about the internal beauty the internal truth of things. Um, and then he lost his eyesight at the end. It's like that, that what, when God restores our sight, when God gives us sight, it's, it's better than anything that we could see with our, with our own eyes, Absolutely, you know? And, um, so in closing, since I've been kind of geeking out this entire episode, I thought I'd end with something even simpler um, even even simpler than Mother Teresa, just because I yeah. think she said it very simply and, mm-hmm. and beautifully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm turning to Pope Francis. All right, because you know I feel like in a time like this, like what we need is more simplicity, right? Like more simplicity. Yeah, like you know, all of us are kind of stressed out, um, life situations, and so we have Pope Francis, and this is what Pope Francis says. Yeah, he says, and I quote: "Always remember this." Life is a journey. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> is that from his encyclical entitled, It Is What It Is? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it might be. I love you, Pope Francis. Thank you yes. so much for watching our podcast. And to all Absolutely. of you who have watched our podcast, thank you also. Yeah. Thank you to all of those who uh, support us in this podcast, especially the Congregation of Holy Cross for, first off, letting me profess vows with you. That's been awesome so far. <laughs> I've loved it. Um, and thank you for uh, the support that I've received from my community to uh, be a part of this ministry. Thank you to 
uh, my patrons, Amanda Vernon patrons, who not only support my music on a regular basis, but in turn help me feed my family. And uh, I would love to send you some rewards for becoming a patron if you care to check that out. Visit amandavernon.com slash patron. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.